The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Jess Navarro, joined alongside Aisha Morrison and Christy Scales. Ladies, you know, always a fun time when we get to talk football, but there's a lot going on at the moment. Uh, I don't know if y'all realize that. It's It's been a couple uh, of days, busy days ahead. We're going to talk today all about uh, practice. What we saw today, uh, we're going to talk about roster cutdowns. We're going to talk about practice squad. There's a lot of things to cover. So let's get right to it because, again, the Dallas Cowboys had a practice this morning. We were all out there uh, for a little while. We're going to tell you what we saw. Uh, they will participate in a walkthrough practice later today as well. And then we got to go in the locker room and catch up with some of the guys as well. So let's get right to it. Uh, again, if you guys have questions throughout the podcast, you can text us at 817-290-3298. Send your questions in so we can make sure to get them answered as well. All right, Aisha, we were at practice this morning. What was the first thing you noticed? And I just, I know what she's going to say because she was hitting me and she was like, why is nobody tweeting this yet? What is the first thing you saw at practice today? Oh yeah, Jordan Lewis was was back out there and that was good to see. Um, Coming back from that Liz Frank injury, I didn't know how serious a Liz Frank was until Christy came onto the show last year and just explained in depth just how long the recovery can be, how tedious it can be, and just the injury itself. So to see him back there, I think he got some work with the twos today. Um, was able to catch up with him in the locker room and just ask him because my my biggest concern with any player coming off of a foot injury is um, can you explode off of it are you um, how are you breaking on the ball and things like that and he was and he just told me like yeah I feel I feel great but you could also see that he still he still feel like feels like and looks like himself so um, I thought that was the highlight of practice is just finally getting to see him back there knowing how hard his recovery was getting back. Yeah, and the fact that the staff had enough confidence that he would be ready, that's the frankly one of the reasons why Kelvin Joseph was dealt uh, to the Dolphins uh, because Kelvin had been playing second team uh, slot, nickel, mm-hmm. uh, corner. Uh, Kelvin, his first few years, he'd always played outside, but this offseason and then through preseason and camp, uh, they had him uh, playing in the slot behind Deron Bland. So as you said, he was working second team, so Deron Bland remains uh, uh, first team uh, nickel corner, but to see J. Lou out there. And, and I think what fans don't have an appreciation for is the respect that not just the coaching staff, but the teammates have for Jordan. Mm-hmm. And he, he's got some dog in him. I mean, he's, he's a little guy. He's not one of the biggest guys on the field, but he is a real leader and brings a real swagger to that defense. So I totally agree. That was the highlight of practice. And we should mention that the reason why they were practicing this morning, uh, Coach McCarthy prefers that the team practice outside whenever possible because one of the two outdoor practice fields is a natural, 
natural grass field. Mm -hmm. So they always want to be on the natural grass if they can. But with the tremendous heat that we've had in Texas all summer and, you know, more 100-degree temperature days, they uh, this week are practicing early in the morning, 8 o'clock central, just to try and get out of that heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you guys have not been to the Star just yet, if you haven't had the chance to do a tour, you do know that there's the two practice fields. But I do want to give you a good idea. Today's weather forecast, mind you, hour by hour, it just gets hotter (laughs) and hotter. So today... Um, it looks like there's a high of 97. The problem is, is the reflection on that grass and kind of how low it is to the ground to where you don't get any wind. So yeah. it honestly feels like you're kind of baking out there. Yeah, we're if surrounded you're... by glass buildings. Yeah, and, so and there's it, a reflection yeah. of the glass that hits the field Hence, we'll hit back up to the players, and then there's really no airflow down there. This Mm -hmm. morning, it did feel nice, though. This morning was nice. Uh, It was nice and cool there. Something I wanted to make sure to mention, we were talking about Jordan Lewis. And yesterday in the locker room, got to catch up with him. He was really excited to talk to everybody. Um, And what I really appreciate about him is his openness to talk about mentally how much he struggled um, throughout this injury. So it wasn't just something that he was dealing with physically, but also mentally. And I think that's an important part uh, when talking about players coming back from injury. And we've talked about that on this podcast before is how players have to recover from that as well. So he talked about that, but he also made sure to mention that the guys that were pulling him out during that time were his coaches. He mentioned Dan Quinn. He mentioned uh, Mike McCarthy. He mentioned Joe Witt. He mentioned Al Harris. Um, And and he said those were his guys that kind of helped him through it. So, again, that coach and that player bond that this team has, there's connection all throughout this locker room. And so I thought that was a really important thing um, to touch base on. Moving on, because, Chris, you started talking about it, uh, Calvin Joseph traded to the Miami Dolphins. And we were trying to learn how to say this name correctly. So I figured today would be a good day. We could all learn together. And Christy and I, it, if, if we start saying it back it, and forth, we Igba, might mess it up. Igba Denomini. Let's Ig, see. Ig, Igba Denomini. Igba Nomini. Igba Nomini. Igba Nomini. Yes. Uh-huh. So we're, Noah Igba Nomini. We're just going to call him Iggy, and his first name is Noah. So Iggy. either Noah or Iggy, whichever one you want to go with. Igba Nomini. If you're watching... Noah Igbenomini. He comes from the Dolphins, uh, another cornerback there. And I thought what was interesting was during Mike McCarthy's press conference, he was asked about the trade for Calvin Joseph or the Calvin Joseph and Noah Igbenomini uh, trade. Good job, way to go! Yeah, it um, just rolls off her tongue. I was working on it. We're it is fifty-two scramble points, by the way. That last name. <laughs> Look, I love me a good scramble win there, but. Um, He said that kind of the deciding factor when doing this was where these guys play on the field. And he felt like Kelvin Joseph, um, from what he understood, he made sure to mention, I'm not the guy on the phone, but that the Dolphins had an interest in Kelvin Joseph because he could play on the inside as compared to Iguanomini, who's going to be playing a little bit more on the outside. And that's what they were looking for. So that trade uh, did come down, wishing Kelvin Joseph all of the best there. Ladies, as far as roster cuts... All of that, we'll get into that um, the second day, or the second day, oh my goodness, hello, the second segment. Something else I wanted to touch base on today, um, because we had a chance, like I said, to go through um, press conferences and then the locker room, is Trey Lance. Welcome to Dallas, Trey Lance. Um, That was another really cool uh, interview to to watch and and to talk to him. Christy, you asked him a question. Um, specifically, and it was something that we had talked about on the podcast about returning to Frisco. Um, 
after that championship game and he lit up when you asked him about it. So um, for me, watching that was a really cool interaction because when I when we're in the scrum with the players, sometimes I just like to look at them to see how they react to certain things. He lit up like uh, the 4th yeah. of July when well, you asked well, him. I did get to visit a little more with him about that particular yeah. game. And what we're talking about is Trey Lance, of course, starred at North Dakota State and won every award that you can win for that division of football in that tremendous 2019 season. 30 touchdown passes, zero interceptions, over 1,100 rushing yards, and 14 rushing touchdowns. But um, the FCS championship game is played in Frisco, Texas, outdoors at Toyota Stadium. That's the home of our MLS team, FC Dallas. Well, what we were laughing about was it actually snowed the morning of that game. (laughs) But it's all these people are from North Dakota. They come down, and North Dakota State plays in the championship game nearly every year. So it's a joke in Frisco that you see it's cold here but everyone is wearing green and gold and they're in shorts and that's how you know that they're from North Dakota in here (laughs) for North Dakota State but um yeah I what I thought that Trey Lance when he spoke to the media yesterday he showed uh the uh humility he knows exact he knows he's third string he knows Dak is the man here and he talked about you know I I, I'll do whatever I can to uh develop and uh here to support the team and help them any way I can in the way that that's going to be this year hopefully uh Dak and Cooper stay uh healthy all year but it's practice squad quarterback so he's going to be uh, Daniel Jones. He's going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's Jaylen going. To, he's going to be Jalen yeah. Hurts, mm-hmm. and so he'll be able to properly uh, simulate, especially a lot of those run. You know, that was a big part of his uh, game and uh, in college, and one of the big um, draws for the 49ers when they dealt up to um, traded up to take him number three overall uh, just a few years ago. Yeah, I just had the – we talked about practice, just had the first time to just kind of watch him, and I, I was just paying attention to his mechanics and just paying attention to just kind of how the ball comes off his hands. And th- there's a lot of similarities in he and Dak's game. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see – I could see that very quickly. Like, okay, there's st- similarities in their stance, um, even in their gait. I'm sorry, I know that's weird, but that's no, just the no, security no, background in me. Their presence uh-huh. is similar, so I understand – I kind of understand, you know – the 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 player but also too i just i was watching mike mccarthy just kind of talk him through um qb school is such a unique thing guys like i i don't think people understand that not every coach's staff has a like plan to be a curriculum for a quarterback and Dak Prescott even though he's going into what is eighth year now he's talked about how much QB school has even helped him so for someone like Trey Lance this is going to be such good time and you can see that he is thrilled to learn he's hungry he's hungry to get more knowledge in this position but I really was just looking at his arm today and I mean even from like a a small scale I was like that dude has a cannon (laughs) he can sling it a cannon and mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, just looking forward to seeing him development, his, his, him develop. I think the change of scenery is good. And every, every, every quarterback deserves the opportunity to develop in this league. I think we've become a little microwave with the Pac Mahomes, Pat Mahomes and a lot of these guys coming out. So I'm excited to see him get busy. Yeah. And we, was, let's also mention yeah. that uh, he is wearing number 15, which was, was Will to, Greer's yeah. number. I was about to say that. And I don't yeah. know if there are reports that Will Greer uh, is about to sign with the bank. I was also about yeah. to say that. Yeah. Christy. Yeah. Tell everybody. Christy. Tell everybody. Come on. Tell Christy, everybody. you're killing me. <laughs> Tell everybody. No. Yeah. Will Greer, um, there were reports, like you just said, that he is 
signing with the Bengals practice squad, which I think is a great room for him to grow in. Under Joey well, B, hello. Well, and, 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 That's amazing. And Joe Burrow may not – he has the injury, and he yeah. may not be ready by the start of the regular season. So Greer, you know. It's a real opportunity my, my, and competition. Yeah. 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 What I really liked about Trey Lance um, – and I think this is one of those situations where if it wasn't the Dallas Cowboys, it wouldn't be so blown up, um, is that he made it very, very clear that Dak welcomed him with open arms. Yes. And that was one of the first things he said is, I'm, I want to be a sponge. I want to learn from Dak Prescott. He welcomed me with open arms. And I love that that narrative is shut down when Trey Lance is saying that. There was no weird friction there with Dak and Trey. And I, I just really appreciated that he mentioned that. He even said, and we talked about this on the podcast earlier this week, that he texted Dak during his ankle injury, uh, Trey did, to kind of get advice in that, mm-hmm. you know, understanding that Dak knows that aspect of the game. And so I thought that was really cool. I don't know if you saw me when he said mm-hmm. that. I was like, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, other than that, again, he said he had a really big smile on his face uh, when he heard that he was coming to Dallas. And that overall, he's just trying to move on. He's just trying to move on from everything that happened uh, with the 49ers. He just wants a fresh start. And he believes everything happens for a reason. So um, really, really excited to uh, get to see what he does. And something you mentioned about watching him at practice. It's funny, you watch the mechanics of things, and I kind of just watch how he interacted and they were doing drills where they were turning and they were positioning certain ways. And at first he wasn't catching on. You could see a moment where he stopped, he thought about it. And then as soon as he stopped and thought about it, he caught on quickly. So the little bit of practice that we saw today, something I noticed is that he catches on extremely quick. And that's what he said is right now is all about learning. So with that, uh, we have a lot more to talk about. We're talking all about roster cuts and practice squad during this podcast. Make sure to text us your questions if you have any about that. 817-290-3298. We're going to take our first break, but like I said, we have plenty to talk about when we come back. This is Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola a journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are going to talk all about roster cuts. We're going to get into practice squad uh, a little bit in there as well. But first, let's talk about a fan favorite event, Market at the Star, presented by Flea Style. will take place Saturday, September 9th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. out on the Tostitos Championship Plaza. Come shop from 50-plus local makers offering art, fashion, decor, and more at this free outdoor market. Visit thestardistrict.com for 
for more information. Sounds good there. Also, keep those questions rolling in. Thank you to those who have sent them in. We're going to answer them here in just one second. Real quick, that number is 817-290-3298. All right, ladies. Yesterday, I think, um, it is one of the hardest days in the NFL uh, a year. And, and talking to the guys in the locker room, they said, you know, a couple of them said, we know this day comes every year, but it doesn't make it any easier because they do have to say bye to their friends. They do have to say bye to their brothers and guys that they grow close with. So I understand it is just a business and uh, the NFL is a business like any other business, but I think it is important. <coughs> Are you okay? <laughs> just getting choked up. You're good. We're good. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> it is important to... In, in my brain, the way I see things in in this business is you can still see it with a lens of empathy of what these guys are going through, whether it be the guys still in the locker room or the guys that have been cut. So just a reminder, be kind to everybody. Uh, some of y'all's Twitter comments are off the walls and <laughs> drives me nuts. But ladies, any surprises with the roster cuts yesterday? Um, anything that kind of threw you for a loop that you weren't expecting, whether it be somebody that made the team or somebody that didn't make the final cut tater tots um i want to say i don't know i don't think anything's crazy enough nothing surprised me yesterday and I, I think maybe that's maybe that's because we have had the opportunity this year i know last year i wasn't really involved in training camp and otas and mini camp and stuff like that but to kind of see things yourself i guess like up front I thought that everything seemed kind of on par with what I, I thought would happen. And then obviously, too, we're going to talk about the practice squad and the, and the util, utilization of the practice squad. I felt like a lot of the cuts made sense for what what is going on with this team currently right now. Yeah, I was mildly surprised that both Brock Hoffman and Mark uh, Matt Farniak okay, that's were, were released. Yes. So that, that was a mild surprise. But now, if three months ago you'd have told me that um, that T.J. Bass and Hunter Lipke and mm. Brandon Aubrey, who had not been signed at the time, were going to be Dallas Cowboys, I'd, I'd be like, I don't know about that. But to Aisha's point, and Jess, I think you will, I think we would all agree on this. Those of us who uh, were here for the off-season practices, here for minicamp and mm -hmm. OTAs, those of us that were in Oxnard for twenty four days uh not a surprise at all that that tj bass um made it because yes, yeah. you could see when he when he's um that uh josh ball now he's signed to ir but tj bass had surpassed josh ball mm -hmm. in terms of getting the first team reps at right guard in yep. place of uh zach martin mm -hmm. um you saw that brandon aubrey was very consistent and this is even before he nailed the 59 yarder beauty um you know, now if he just shanked <laughs> to 37 yarders yeah. in Saturday's game, would we be saying a different story? But um, Hunter Lipke was, uh, it was Saturday that he played his mm -hmm. spot, that he played his way onto the 53-man roster. I mean, uh, before that, I would have said he's definitely a practice squad candidate. He's going to be on the practice squad. You, In fact, the practice squad is made specifically to develop guys like this. Yeah. But um, the fact that, Lipke was kept and Malik Davis was released. Uh, you know, Malik is someone that they want to bring back to the practice squad. So some of these names, like the Brock Hoffmans, uh, the uh, 
those guys, they're they're coming back uh, unless they get picked up on waivers claimed by other teams. And the, and the key thing, and we'll talk more about this with uh, practice squad, it, the way that it works is a big change is now you can have up to six veterans on the team. Mm. And so that's why you can release, people would say, why are they releasing their long snapper, Trent Sieg? Well, you're going to... Put him on the practice squad and activate him for the first three games and buy yourself all the way into October uh, before you have to commit a a spot on your 53-man. Real quick, you brought up Brandon Aubrey, and Steve from Virginia wants to know what kind of year we're expecting from Brandon Aubrey. And then he made sure to mention, I think he's going to be really good. So thank you, Steve, for the positivity. I love that. Um, I'll start with this one because kicker was something that I was worried about as soon as the Brett Maher era was no longer an era. <laughs> um, I I've, I like the progression you've seen from Brandon Aubrey. And I think with kicking, it's also such a mental game to where it's so easy to get down on yourself and show the lack of confidence. And when it comes to kicking, you know when somebody is not playing confident. And you know when they're not confident in that Um but I think the progression he's had from even just the time where he became the only kicker on the roster has improved tremendously oh, yeah. because it was kind of neck to neck at, at camp at the start of it um, when it was Brandon Aubrey and um, um, Tristan Viscano. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they were kind of neck to neck. But then as soon as that was no longer a factor and he was the only one that could take those reps it almost seemed like that boosted him up a lot more and he was able to play, just play. And that sounds so simple, but you could tell he was just playing to play. Um, And I also think during that time too, he was adjusting to being with the Cowboys because at that point too, you still have a game plan to learn. You still have things to learn and adjust to. Even if you're just a kicker, you have a different snapper, you have a different coaching staff. There's still stuff you need to adjust to at that point too. So for me personally, I'm excited to see more Brandon Aubrey. Oh, it's, I'm really excited. It's an awesome story. Three years ago, there he and his wife were watching a an NFL game on TV, and she says, "Well, you could do that." And it's like, <laughs> okay. And so then he literally Google's personal kicking coach, finds a name. You know, he's here. He's, he's working at GMAC in Arlington. Yeah. You know, driving over to Arlington each day. And uh, looks up personal kicking coach, gets signed up with one, and and he's he's the only adult. This personal kicking coach has a bunch of high school and junior high kids out there teaching kicking, and here's Brandon, <laughs> who's an MLS first round draft pick, a soccer player, and then he ends up signing with uh, the USFL and kicking two seasons in the NFL. So, um, but. Uh, just was it Steve who had uh, sent the uh, question? Steve, in case you weren't with us, Steve. Uh, a few weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago when we were talking on the podcast, I just want to mention that it really the uh, weight of the recommendation, the opinion of Chris Bonyol, who was Cowboys kicker in the 1990s. Y'all remember him from, hey, he has a Super Bowl ring. He was part of the uh, dynasty uh, of the 1990s. And then, of course, later he was an assistant special teams coach here uh, with the Cowboys. But he was uh, Brandon's kicking coach for the Birmingham Stallions of the USFL. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, F- uh, Boniol recommended him to John Fossil, and Fossil had already kind of had an eye on Brandon anyway. And so um, that recommendation carried uh, a lot of weight. Yeah. And I think, too, something that Mike McCarthy's been mentioning a lot when it comes to Brandon Aubrey is his concern of not having that NFL experience. However, he said, you guys seem to forget he's coming 
off of a season. It's right. not like this guy's been excellent, kicking. an excellent season, a perfect season, yeah. really yeah, all star season. For and the so um, USFL, yeah. And so McCarthy's been very quick to mention. Guys, his legs are warm. He's been getting that in-game experience, whether it was here or not. It's yeah. not like he hasn't been kicking. And he, and he is a professional athlete who, Correct. you know, in <laughs> soccer start Notre Dame and then MLS first-round draft pick by Toronto. And so, um, yes, he's a rookie, but he's an older guy. I think he's 28 years old, 26. Anyway, uh, 26. And so he – and he's got that steady Eddie – mindset, you know, yeah. very, very consistent and very focused. It's funny talking to him because – I just feel like he's so stoic in a way mm -hmm. to where he doesn't leave the the practice mode focus, if you will. Every time I've talked to him, he's a man of few words, but that's all he needs to say is like, I'm going to get it done. And that's yeah. it. And so he's very focused and I'm really excited for him. And so I think, too, this does you good in the long term, because this is something that even Jerry Jones has talked about since post draft of I want a younger guy. Um, Jerry said after the draft, he feels like younger guys don't get the yips as much. Um, but he wants a younger guy. And, and I think that's a smart approach to have because this kicking cycle of finding somebody new every year, it's just one less thing you have to worry about. If you find somebody that's a little more long-term that can solidify their spot, you know, like Brandon Aubrey has a chance this year to prove that he's that guy, get you going again and again and again, and get you in a consistent kicker era. Yeah. That's, well, when did I want to be in one of the last times the Cowboys truly surprised everyone with a decision and going with a guy that didn't have NFL experience it worked out pretty well it was a guy named Dan Bailey <laughs> and so yeah. and, and I would the, say that worked out and the well. thing about Dan <laughs> Bailey was that was the season where there was the lockout and yeah. Chris Jones was rookie punter that that year as well and so those guys and and training camp started late that's when we were in San Antonio and so you're going so they didn't have an off season and it's so important when you're a kicker and usually the punter is your holder but we also have to remember that not only do we have a new kicker, but we have uh, Trent Sieg, who I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. is your new deep snapper. Yeah. And so it's all about operation. And, um, you know, it's it's a three it's basically a three man team. We we focus on just the kicker, but the uh, deep snapper and the uh, holder are just as important. Yeah. Because if any part of it's off. That's that's the problem. You know, it, all three have to accomplish their jobs perfectly to properly execute a field goal or extra point. Real quick, something I wanted to mention, because we were talking about moves that surprised us. And I don't necessarily think it was a surprising move, but I think it was one of the bigger moves because releasing Sean McEwen really solidified and fortified that spot for Hunter Lipke to come in and be a, a fullback on this team. So for me, I wasn't. I knew it would go one way or the other, right? So I wasn't shocked. I wasn't surprised by any means. But it was really interesting to um, to see Mike McCarthy's reaction when he was talking about the decision to do it. The day before on a conference call, he had I had asked him about the tight, tight end room. First guy he brought up was Sean McEwen. He said he's done a really good, good job of being the guy, the older guy in that room. The guys have meshed well with him. They work well together. So then when this, you know, the release news came out, um, I was I was I wasn't shocked. I knew it would go one way or the other, like I said, but it was interesting to see. And so what'll be interesting now going forward is I think he will get into practice squad candidates um in the next segment, but I think he's a viable guy for the practice squad. And I also think too, 
you're seeing a new era of tight end beginning now because they're all younger and and Mike McCarthy doesn't shy away from that being right in his face if this is one of our younger groups but again very similar to what we're talking about with Brandon Aubrey you have an opportunity to grow this this youth and this beautiful blend between youth and experience in this team makes it so much tighter. Uh, Hey, McCune is one of the key role players on this team. Definitely practice squad. I expect that he's going to be on the field opening night uh, at the New York Giants. You you, heard it here first. Oh, yeah. Well, it's practice squad, and you you can uh, elevate him. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. McCune, McCune is a core special teams guy. He can play the F. Meaning, like fullback, when they take the tight end and yeah. they line up behind, you know, in the offensive backfield and move around. So McCune is one of the unsung heroes uh, of the past couple years on this team. I got to talk to him um, the last time we were at um, the training camp in Frisco, and I caught up with him and and um, I just said, okay, camp's officially to an end. How are you feeling? And he said, I haven't felt better. He said. You know, he switched up his off-season training a lot, to which he feels like has translated very well for him, and that it gave him essentially a new confidence boost to feel better and go into this off-season feeling at his absolute best, a best that he says he didn't even know really he could feel that good. So um, he played his butt off this preseason, and he made it hard to not notice him, especially out in Oxnard. He was one of the first guys that was like, that's Sean? So I'm, I'm really proud of what he did. Excited to see Hunter Lipke. But speaking of practice squad, ladies, we have some viable options that we want to go through with practice squad. Keep rolling those questions in. We have a few that we're going to get to as well. Uh, you can text us your questions at 817-290-3298. We're going to take our second and final break, and we'll be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. to Girls Talk. Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to get into some breaking news that has happened while we have been on this podcast. But first, enjoy premium dining, shopping, and experiences from over 30 restaurants, shops, and more at the Star District. Make sure to stop into the district's newest additions, cards in a box, sports cards, and collectibles, King's Ranch Saddle Shop, and an extremely delicious French bistro restaurant that is a new addition there. Uh, You can visit thestar.com for the full directory, and you should do it because all the food here is delicious. Okay, so some breaking news. We were just talking about Kicker. Shout out to Chris Beam um, for 
telling us in our ears that former Dallas Cowboys kicker Brett Maher, uh, according to reports, and I'm seeing from Adam Scheffner, Tom Palacero, uh, reporting that the Rams are finalizing contract deals with Brett Maher. So good for him. Um, glad that that kicking comp that was another kicking competition uh, that's been talked about all offseason. So um, wishing him the best. And then uh, reports starting to flow in as well on the Cowboys side of things, uh, saying that the Dallas Cowboys are re-signing offensive tackle Earl Bostic Jr. to their practice squad. Um, so there you go. They have 16 spots to fill, and it looks like now they have 15 uh, with that addition. So, Christy, let's get into that real quick because – I love learning from you, and I think you you know how to explain things that happen in this business so incredibly well that it sticks in people's brains. Let's get into practice squad logistics. First and foremost, we know the practice squad can consist of 16 people, but what are the stipulations within that? And kind of go into that first, and then we'll get into the rest of it. Yeah, so what happened was during COVID, um, the practice squad expanded up to 16, and that's because they knew that players may test positive or that, you know, or you just needed extra bodies in the house that were practicing or new game plans that, uh, you know, that you could uh, have available at the very last minute. It also changed that uh, you could elevate uh, two practice squad players Saturday, normally Saturday, the day before the game, you can um, have them available for the game. And the, then it further changed where a practice squad player can be elevated to participate on game day three different times during the season. But to me, what's most significant is among those 16 players, six of them can be veterans. So two years or more in the league. They are paid more than the uh, zero or first year player. So the minimum weekly check for a practice squad player is $12,000. So $12,000 per week during the season, which is 18 weeks long because you have 17 games plus um, the bye week. If you were if you were a rookie or a first year guy and you're on the practice squad the whole season, you're going to end up with a very nice $216,000. If you are a veteran, and you can again, you can have a maximum of six veterans. That that ranges, but that's a minimum of uh, sixteen thousand one hundred to twenty thousand six hundred dollars. So a veteran who's on the practice squad is going to make roughly between two hundred and ninety and three hundred and seventy thousand dollars. What's significant about this is, if you have sixteen guys making that much money, it starts to add up. Mm. Money paid to practice squad players does count against your salary cap so every team has to budget and account for for that you do not have to have 16 players that's a maximum you can have less but uh, to my knowledge every team does take advantage of the 16 but originally it was designed as these young guys and kind of keep them around and develop them and it was really covid that changed things there used to be used to be six players and then eight players Mm. and they were going to expand it and with covid that's why you have uh, so many more so these players can practice they um, uh, go to all the meetings um, a lot of times the, they will travel with the team so that in case, uh, let's say someone were to get sick, you know, uh, one of your starters or something, you'll have some practice squad guys with you if, because by Saturday afternoon you can, des- you can designate them to be elevated for that weekend. 
Very good there. Um, ironically enough, we got a question in from Kent in Las Cruces. Shout out to Las Cruces, New Mexico. There you go. Um, and he wanted to know if we think they will sign a vet- veteran interior O-line men. So Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, and yep. Aisha, are you thinking uh, Hoffman or Farniak, uh, one of those two? And the other thing is, with the when we're talking about signing practice squad guys, it's not just guys that you've cut. I mean, right. our pro personnel scouting they're they're, they're scouring everyone so so there are going to be a couple of a few names on the practice squad that you're not familiar with because they're plucking them from uh from different places from places from guys there are 1184 guys that were cut around the league um on yesterday so 37 players per team and 32 teams. That's what so we talked about. So there's over 1,100 names. The hardest day in the NFL. And uh, there you go. Yeah, but who are some guys that you guys think um, names that Cowboys fans will know that got uh, released that the Cowboys want to bring back to For the practice squad? practice squad? For the practice squad. I mean, yeah, obviously I think Hoffman is a guy that they – I mean, he he impressed me in spots. I I didn't know much about him until this season, but you got to see some of the work he did at center and at um, left guard. I do think that if you want to kind of shore up things with seeing what you've gotten from Awesome Richards, um, seeing what you've gotten from T.J. Bass, if you wanted to bring in another interior guy just to kind of shore things up there. Um, Really curious to see what's going to happen with Edoga also, too. I don't know if they decide not to bring him back mm-hmm. and when Matt will let's go dealing being on now on IR, yeah. that swing position is kind of in question a little bit. So the swing tackle position rather. So looking at what they're going to do there and see if they decide to bring any more gentlemen in to make sure this offensive line is good to go because you mentioned it's a long season. We'll look up week 15 and somebody might get dinged. And so, you, yeah, you want to have these extra bodies in here. Yeah, Den- Dennis yeah. Houston, you know, a guy yeah, that could who be got cut. Game. and Yeah. And, oh, uh, Isaiah Don- Land. Don- Isaiah, Isaiah Land, the practice squad is perfect for a guy like Isaiah Land or Tyrus Wheat, yep. mm-hmm. these young pass rushers. Yep. And um, uh, Malik Davis, you know, bring him back to the, the yep. practice squad. And I, I just want to just to put a little bow on it. Uh, the one thing about practice squad is it's not – a, like a sentence where you get no parole. If you are on the practice squad, you can sign with other teams. So throughout the year, the Cowboys are looking at other practice squads of all the other teams, and uh, it happens all the time where uh, other teams try and uh, sign pra- our practice squad players. So you can do that. You can sign a, a you can make an offer to a practice squad player from another team. But if you do that. They have to be on your roster, your 53-man roster, for at least three weeks. Otherwise, they'd just be plucking them, uh, you know. It'd be kind of like college now with this transfer portal and everyone moving. But um, that's how it works during the season. So you can can sign with another team. Real quick, um, another notification. I love these push notifications, guys. It's so fun. Um, reports saying that the Cowboys are going to re-sign wide receiver Jalen Cropper to the practice mm-hmm. squad as well, which I don't think anybody was really surprised about. Um, real quick, we're talking about guys that could be uh, additions. Let's talk about a guy real quick that was released. Aisha, I think this is a perfect question for you. Ben wants to know how we're feeling about Bohanna's departure. He said he talked previously with you about 
his year three progression and get off of his leverage much better. He did that uh, solid yeah. camp in preseason, but didn't make the cut probably due to the team's defensive line depth. Also, can we say a prayer for Isaiah Land to clear waivers? <laughs> Keep up the great work, ladies. Thanks so much, Ben. Aisha, oh, yeah. I defer to you. Yeah, that actually was actually that was one of the, the gentlemen that I when you asked the question, who surprised you? I forgot about him. I forgot about him in the question. But yeah, Quentin Bohanna was a gentleman I was surprised by because I thought I was actually really pleased with what I saw from him um, in the first two preseason games. I think the third preseason game was kind of whatever, but the I felt like his leverage has been good. He's gotten off the ball well, and he's always had you know that initial step speed. So maybe he is. Maybe he does become again a practice squad guy as well. That maybe you can call up. He knows this scheme. He knows how it works. Um, that D line, the the cuts on the D line probably were some of the hardest to do um, in this uh, this whole rotation and in this process. So yeah, I was um, to your point. Who's the what's his name? Um, his name is Ben. Ben. Yes. To your point, Ben. I definitely was a little bit surprised by him being cut and I uh, may or may not have told my grandma to put Isaiah Land on the prayer list at church <laughs> say his name uh say his name one time for me so you can get on the practice squad yeah um so yeah we're, we're waiting on these cues right now we're waiting on these these reports right now well yes yes and yes I'm scrolling through here uh for more questions I missed one uh we already asked if there was one player that we would love to bring back if you had to pick one, maybe out of the guys that were released, who's one player? Ooh, you had just to pick one? one? Just one. McCune. Sean McCune. Yeah. Yeah. Aisha, mm. who's your one? Isaiah? Um, You're going to switch it up. Because obviously we know that one. You yeah, that one I'm trying you. to think. I feel like... Well, they already signed down. They are, Errol Bostic was one of my guys, but they already brought him back. Like mm -hmm. uh, he was one of my mm -hmm. guys that I thought, as an offensive tackle, had some developmental traits that you could continue to work and get some good things from him. And he was the one that I was definitely like, yeah, you know, yeah. I was looking for. So it, you kind of beat me to it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Chris Beam's laughing in my ear, and he said, "The deep snapper, duh." Well, uh, yeah, but, but, but see, here, here's the thing: uh, that, that that's the that's the difference between like Trent Sieg, who's a vested veteran, and then like yeah. Bohanna. Bohanna is only three years, and so he's exposed to waivers. So any of mm -hmm. those other teams, if any of those teams claim him, then he can't come back to the sure. Cowboys. He has to go uh, where. Um, to the team that, that claims him. But a guy like Trent C, you know, you you release him. It's sure. like C.J. Goodwin, right? And then you bring, good bring, him, bring him right back. Uh, Ivan from Fort Lauderdale wants to know. He said he was disappointed that Jabril Cox was let go and just wanted to put that out there. Oh, he's we, definitely, you know, we, again, he's, right. he's coming back to practice squad unless he gets claimed. I would be surprised if he doesn't. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'm about to break your hearts with this breaking no. news right now. Who got claimed? Uh, according to Michael Gilkin, just tweeting out, the Colts claimed former Dallas Cowboys defensive end Isaiah Land. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, so, Aisha. There you go. Just I'm let it go. Heart. Actually, I'm not even sad about it because Isaiah Land is a guy that I, I felt like covering the draft should have been drafted in the first place. Um, so him being able to go somewhere and, and show his talents uh, is fine with me. He may be their next Dwight Freeney. They, I just don't. There's a lot, a lot, a lot to like about the players. So yeah. good for him. Good wow. for him. Good for him. Wow. Oh, hold on. Quick, is, quick too. It yeah. didn't take long. Yep. It, he put out too much good. He put out a lot of good tape. So, yep. 
my same feelings. Thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. Let's see. I'm trying to and scroll the, through. The other and thing see is, else. you know, for just instead of twelve thousand dollars a week, the rookie minimum is seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So good for Isaiah. Uh, it's going to have much uh, a much higher weekly paycheck uh, starting next week. Right. Good for him. Yep. Good okay. for him. Uh, I'm trying to see, I'm scrolling through to see if there's anything else before we start to wrap up, because that was a lot uh, in just the last couple of minutes alone, but I it think, doesn't look like there's anything just yet. I so. think we had a question about um, I- Iggy, I- I- Noah Iggy. We did. We did. We did. But big, we are very, oh, very we're pressed, pressed okay. for time it's today. Okay. I'm okay. trying to follow the rules today, guys. I know. It's it doesn't okay. happen when it comes to like keeping time of the show. But what I'll tell you what, what we are going to do is if we don't get to your questions on this podcast, we're going to save them. So we're going to save questions we don't get to. And it makes you guys watch us again. So sorry, not sorry. You have to deal with us for another hour. Uh, on Friday, we will be back uh, Friday this week at 9 a.m. Chris, am I correct with that? 9 a.m. on Friday? Uh, I believe so. We're back to our normal 9 a.m. slot on Friday morning. So um, I, I did see that question, and we will save it. But as always, if you guys have any questions, send it to us, and we'll make sure to get to it on the next show. Other than that, um, ladies, any other final thoughts about practice today? Anything that's happened or you just you just need to go take a moment about yeah, Isaiah Land? <laughs> no, I ain't got any of those say. options are viable. It's okay. No, I ain't got nothing to say right now. All right. Well, ladies, it's always been an honor. Always will be uh, talking ball with you. We will be back, like I said, Friday morning, bright and early. So make sure you have your cup of coffee or tea, whatever your choice of caffeine is, ready to go. We're going to have a lot more to talk about. I have a good feeling. For Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, Christy Scales, this has been Girls Talk. Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Have a great rest of the day, and we'll see you on Friday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!